This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God, we're on a new series, and we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And uh, I'm telling you, God is so awesome. We talked about joy last week. How many people are walking in more joy? Amen. If you save, notify your face. Amen. In other words, we, we need to walk in more joy. Amen. And I preached a message years ago, joy, Jesus on you. Amen. And so I'm telling you, God is so awesome. There's so many things to be joyful for. And just the fact that you're saved and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life is, is one, one reason why you should be joyful. Amen. Do you know how many people out here that don't know Jesus? And we're going to do some evangelism and we're going to be, I'm going to be knocking on doors and praying for people and we're going to evangelize this entire area. Amen. And we're going to get, we're going to get this area saved. Amen. Praise God. You guys sound excited about that. (laughs) And I know you guys are going to come out too. Amen. Does anybody remember we used to do that door to door evangelism? Praise God. You know, even the professionals knock on doors. Amen. So, uh, and we're going to be professional, um, I guess, uh, witnesses. Amen. So, if you have your, your Bible this morning, open your Bibles to Galatians 5, 22 uh, through 23. We're going to be looking at this. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. And really, the main fruit of the Spirit is love. And we need to be operating in love. Love backs up faith. Amen. And so... Uh, let's, let's read here in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such there is no law. Amen? I like this. I like the way the Apostle Paul wrote this. Is that, you know, there's, there's two laws operating um, uh, today, and there's the law of life in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus and you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking in life. Somebody say Zoe. Zoe. Amen. That, that's a Greek word which means the, the life of God. Amen. The God kind of life. And so we need to be walking in Zoe or, or the abundant life of God. And, and when, when we get saved, we get the Holy Spirit. We get the love of God downloaded into our system, amen? And what we have to do is we have to work the fruit. Somebody say, work the fruit. Amen. And so we need to walk in, in, in love, and love is the key. It's the root to bearing all the fruit, glory to God. And so, and so of course, last week we talked about joy. And uh, this week we're talking to you about peace. How many people could stand to walk in more peace in here? Amen. I don't know, we live in a topsy-turvy world. And uh, I'm going to say this, that um, a lot of people don't realize this, but worry is, is an offspring of fear. Does anybody know that? Worry is an offspring of fear. And really, worry can kill us. And you know what? You, you, like I said before, you know, if you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're, if you're going to pray, then you don't need to worry. In other words, you need to give it to God. Glory to God. So we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about peace this morning. And um, really, peace is a product of our salvation. It, the Bible says it's the blood of Jesus that brings us peace with God the Father. 
And so we need to have peace with God. We need to have peace with ourselves. Glory to God. And we need to have peace with others. Amen. Amen? That's where the enemy attacks us with. And he will try to attack us in our peace with God or, or, you know, misunderstanding God. The enemy will try to get us to misunderstand God. Have you ever something happened and you just don't know why it happened that way? And the enemy's trying to get us to question God. Amen. You know, as I was praying about this, I think the biggest key to uh, walking in faith and not walking in fear is letting go. Can I say that again? Is letting go. We just need to let go of some things. I think that what, the, what sometimes our flesh, we want to hold on. But we do need to let go at times. Amen. We just need to let go. Uh, when David was, uh, you know, he, he had an affair with Bathsheba. And then, of course, she got pregnant. And uh, we, I don't know if you know the story or not, but uh, it, was, it was a bad situation and it was an adulterous relationship. But, uh, you know, the, the prophet came to David, talked to David, and, and the Lord revealed to David that, that, son, that, that the son that he was having with Bathsheba um, would die. And, uh, you know, and this was a consequence of sin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Can I get down here on your level? Um, sin will always bring death. It will always bring death. There's no good in sin. In other words, there's no God in sin. Sin always brings death. And so, and, and, and also it can bring judgment. Nobody likes to hear that word, judgment. Amen. But sin can bring judgment. Amen. And if you want to walk in peace, stay out of sin. Stay, stay, stay out in the gray, gray area and get into the right area. Amen. And so David, you know, he was, you know, he did some wrong things. Thank God that he's a, a man after God's own heart. Amen. Even though he did, it was his outward man, probably his inner man didn't want to mess up. But, you know, our outer man will try to do some things. And so, you know, uh, it, when he, he prayed and he fasted because the, the little boy that was born, you know, he, he uh, was praying and fasting, asking God to to, you know, turn the decision around. And he was praying. Have you ever prayed and fast and believed God for something and it, it didn't change anything? Or it didn't change the thing that you were hoping it was going to change? Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And so he was fasting and praying and, and doing everything he knew. And, and the boy died. And, and the people around him, they were really distraught because they thought that he was going to do something really drastic. Because he was, he was so distraught about his son. But, you know, when they told him, they were in fear to tell him that, that you know, that the boy was dead. But, but when they came in very solemn, David said, the boy's dead. And they said, yes. And he said, okay, let's eat. He broke his fast. What, what, what am I saying here? Sometimes you just got to let go. Sometimes you just got to let go. The enemy wants us holding on to past hurts, past pains, past, our past, you know, past regrets. Have you ever regretted anything in here? Doesn't that kill your peace? You think back of what you could have done or what you should have done or how you should have done it. Does it, does the devil work on you like he works on me? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that will kill your peace. We can't allow the enemy to get us thinking about our past, what we could have, should have, would have. You know, because, you know, the, the, that, that will take the peace right out of us. You can't change your past, but you can change your future. 
you, 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 you know, maybe your kids aren't, aren't serving the Lord like they need to. Maybe you wish you'd done some things in the past. Well, you can't change it, but you can start living for God now. You can start praying for your children now. You can start living godly now. Amen. Amen. And that's the trick of the devil. He will always try to get us focused on our past. And we need to learn not to focus so much on our past. Amen. Amen. God is so good and he's for us. I remember... That, uh, uh, you know, my journey, how, how many people have been saved for over 10 years in here? 15 years, 20 years, praise God. And uh, hopefully you're stronger today than you were 20 years ago in your faith. Amen. And I remember that, um, that um, I was at Ramah, I was at Bible school. And, uh, uh, and we had to preach in front of our, the people uh, twice the first year. We had to preach. And that was, maybe it was my, maybe that was the second year. Um, I guess they made the, the people do it the first year. None of them would, would come back to, it was a two-year college. So people were nervous about getting in front of a group and preaching. They say one of the number one fears is getting in front of a group and speaking. Amen. And so, and so people was nervous. And, I, and I, I got up my first time. And I didn't really do good. I thought I was supposed to be, and it, you know... Somebody that I wasn't. And see, God's not anointing you to be somebody else. I'm going to say that the anointing that God has placed on your life is because he has placed an anointing on each one. You don't have to try to be like anybody else. And I got up there and tried to be like T.D. Jakes, you know, and uh, it just didn't work. That's not my personality. I, I, I don't sweat as much as T.D. Jakes sweats, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Amen. And so, but, it, but I got, I walked away and I, I passed that first one, but I knew I really messed up. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you really messed up, you messed up something. And so we, 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 what we did was we ended up having what we called was a preaching workshop. And that was for all the loser preachers, right? And so we would have a preaching work. You guys probably may have heard this story before, but I remember that, I, that we had 15 people in our group. And we had to preach to 15 people that you knew. And, of course, we were all rusty and we were all nervous. And, uh, and I remember that I, I and it was, in, it was a home meeting and I was going home and I was going to preach a message. And I was so nervous about it in front of 15 people. I was so nervous. I said, Lord, I need your help. You know, I'm driving. I need your help. And the Lord gave me Isaiah 41. And let's, let's look at Isaiah 41, verse 10 through 13. Because I think sometimes when we're nervous or we're in fear that things aren't going to work out, um, you know, the enemy puts pressure on us to quit or not to go through with some things. Amen. And so the Lord gave me Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. And, it's, and it reads this way. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And you know... Really, our fight really isn't against flesh and blood. You're not fighting people. You know, you know what you're fighting. You're fighting spiritual 
wickedness, a host in, of wicked spirits in, 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 the, in the heavenlies. You, you have, we have the enemy that's coming against us. And we have these demons that come against us. And you may not realize, but demons do talk. They do whisper in your ear. Amen. And what? They're the ones that will tempt you. They're the ones that will belittle you. They're the ones that's going to try to bring you down to a lower level. Amen. And so here it says, don't be dismayed that we have, you know, you know, that we have a, a host of demonic spirits against us. But know this, that God is with you. And if God is with you, it doesn't matter who's against you. And what happens is we forget that God is with us. You know, as as born again believers, where you go, God goes. Amen. You have God almighty on the inside of you. Amen. And so we need to understand that, that God is always with us. But sometimes we don't sometimes we don't feel his presence. And just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean he's not there. Lots of people like the goosebumps of God. Amen. Come to church and you feel the presence of God. Hopefully you're sensing the presence of God in here. And, but there's going to be times where you're not going to sense the presence of God. And you're just going to have to go by faith. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, go by faith. So what we must do is we must, you know, if we need, need to start confessing that God is with us. We need to start confessing that God is with us. And let's look at 2 Peter Chapter 1, 2, and 4. And this is another verse that's great because I'm talking to you about walking in peace and avoiding walking in uh, worry or um, walking in fear of any kind. Now, it says in 2 Peter 1, 2, and 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as this divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue by which having been given to us exceedingly and great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. So what he's saying, he's saying this, he's now, this is Peter and, you know, they lived in turbulent times. And he was saying that that uh, grace and peace is multiplied to us at the knowledge of God. So, in, in other words, the more of God you get in your equation, the more the word of God you get in you. In other words, you're here this morning and, and the more word that goes forth, the more faith will develop in you. Amen. And the less fear you're going to walk in. Somebody say more faith, less fear, more faith, less fear. Amen. So, so, the, so faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some of us, the reason why we're worried, the reason why we're uptight, amen, the reason why we're in fear, because we're, we're not meditating on the word long enough. We're not getting that word in us. In other words, you know, we need to know that scripture that says God has not given me a spirit of fear. You can say God has not given me a spirit of worry. Amen. Amen. But but power, love and a sound mind. Somebody say I have a sound mind. So we have to we have to understand that as we as we confess the promises of God's word um, and we start confessing, the more you confess something, the more you're going to believe it and the more reality it's going to become. Amen. And, and that works both ways because 
I'm going to say this. You, you can confess something negative and you do that long enough, you might receive some negative in your life. Don't ever say nothing ever works out for me. Don't ever say I'm ne- I never, I never, God doesn't, you know, I, I never hear from God. Don't, don't say things like that because you're, 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 you're putting your, yourself, you know, in a place where you're, you're actually you're working against yourself. No, no, say, you know, I am his sheep. I hear his voice and a stranger's voice I will not listen to or follow. You have to start confessing some things. You're going to have to start speaking some things, speaking what you what you're believing is going to happen. Just like at the beginning or at the end of last year, I said we would be in a new building this year. Amen. So you have to decree some things. And and it, it was you know, it was at the, begin, the, the end of last year. I had nothing solidified for this place. Amen. I was just vis- I was a visitor. Amen. But God is so awesome. So, so decree a thing and it will be so. Somebody say decree a thing. So as we decree the pray, uh, as we decree the promises, and I like to say this, as we praise the promises. Can I say that again? As we praise has anybody ever praised the promises? What, what do I mean by praise? Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm strong in you and in the power of your might. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I give you glory, Lord, that I have a sound mind, uh, that I, I walk in the spirit of love. You know, when we start confessing some of these things, glory to God, then they start to become faith realities in our lives. Some of us have fear realities in our life. What we have is we built up fear uh, in our lives. We, 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 we build it up by, by our thinking and by our, our confessing. You know, it, you know, Job is an interesting story. And, and Job was a man that was attacked by the devil. And, uh, and he walked upright before God. But even though you can walk upright before God, the de- you know, you can still open the door for the devil. Do you know that you can walk upright before God? You can you can you try to live right, stay out of sin, stay in love, but you still can open the door door to the devil. Amen. And and it's what we how we think about things and how we process things. And right at the very beginning of uh, the story of Job is that he was given sacrifices for his children just in case they weren't doing right. So he was doing extra sacrifices. So he had a fear that his children weren't doing right instead of giving it to God. Are you hear what I'm saying? He was doing these extra sacrifices. And then then in in Job three twenty five, uh, when everything came against Job and he lost his, his children and he lost his fortune and he was losing his health. He said, the very thing I feared came upon me. So what happened to Job? Why? Why? He, he was doing the right things. You know, sometimes you see a good Christian and, 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 and uh, tragedy happens to a good Christian. And you wonder, but they're a good Christian. Well, why did this happen? They may have opened the door in some way, somehow. I'm not saying it may always because the devil will test you. But sometimes we can open the door. Amen. And Job said the very thing he feared. You see, what happens was Job was highly developed in his fear. And we can get so highly developed in our fears 
that they will come to pass. You know, don't, man, don't, you know, sometimes the enemy will try to make us in, insecure in our relationships. And, and especially, you know, married couples, you know, don't, don't say things like, you're going to leave me or I'm afraid you're going to leave me. Don't, don't stay, say stuff like that. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Don't get in a place where, where you're allowing fear to come in. Amen. My wife's never going to leave me. And if she does, God's going to bring me a, a, another one. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? If for some reason she does. <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe God for her. I can believe God for another one. But she's not leaving me. Glory to God. Because my faith is strong and I'm going to walk in love. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, you've got, to get, you've got to get an understanding. You've got to get a, you've got to know for sure that, that your confidence has to be in God. It can't be in people. My confidence can't be in, you know, who shows up on Sunday morning. My confidence can't be on that. My confidence has to be in God. I, I, my confidence can't be on how many full seats I have. Uh, that, that my confidence is God. I know God called me. So, so I, I have to believe that he has anointed me. I have to believe that, that God has given me a gift. And the crowds don't know it yet. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You're, you're pretty important people. God brought you in, glory to God. Amen. Better than preaching to cabbage heads, hallelujah. <laughs> so we need to praise the promises, amen. So Job was highly developed. See, I'm going to say this. Fear and faith are like on the same plane, but they're on opposite. You know, you know they're, they're on, the, uh, the, on the same plane. So when Adam and Eve, when they sin, they, they operated in faith. They operate in the fruit of the spirit before they sinned. They operated in love, peace, joy. They had all that working for them. But when they sin, it shut down the grace and they started operating in the works of the flesh. And that's all the negative things you don't want to operate in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so it's sort of on the same plane. So as, as Adam walked in faith and he was able to name the animals and do all these things, then... then Fear came in and now now Adam and most people are operating out of their intellect. But, you know, intellect is good and I'm not against intellect. We need to think. Amen. But there's a higher realm to operate in and that's called revelation. Intellect, you know, you can figure some things out and you get your slide ruler and do all this. And that's great. But revelation is a better way to operate in. I'd rather get revelation from God than trying to, trying, to, trying to, you know, build my brain up with a lot of knowledge and trying to figure it out. And that's where we get in trouble. We try to figure it out. But we need to, have, we need to bring God into the equation. Let's look at a great scripture here pertaining to walking in peace with God. It's 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. It says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting some of your care. I'm, the, I'm on the reverse translation, okay. Pastor, I can handle part of my care. 
I, I heard this lady, she came to this one preacher and, and she said, will you pray for me? And the preacher said, well, what do you want me to pray, pray for you about? She says, do I have to tell you? He said, well, I can't agree with you unless I tell you, unless you tell me something. How do I know what, what you're believing for? And it's even if it's scriptural, you can't be believing for somebody else's husband. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are, you, are you here? And people are crazy. They, they, they will believe for the most craziest things. That's not scriptural. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So the preacher said, well, I, I'm not going to pray with you unless you tell me. Why? Because you have to have some information to agree. And she said, well, can you tell God just, can you tell God that, that he can, you know, I got a lot of worries and burdens. Can he just take half of them away? I'll, I'll deal with the other half. And the minister said, no, I, I can't pray for you. I can't pray with you on that because God doesn't want you to have any worries. He doesn't want you carrying any worries. He doesn't, you, you weren't meant to carry worry. You weren't meant to carry fear. No, no, you need, a, you need a cast your care on him for he cares for you. So, so she, she, she walked away mad. She said he was hard hearted. But you know what? He was trying to get some truth to her that, that really we're not meant to take cares. We're not meant to carry cares. We're, we're meant to cast them on the Lord. So it says here, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. When I think about humbling, I think about that, that we're not trying to handle it. In other words, we're giving it to God. See, when you're humbling, see, see, see a prideful person says, you know, when you ask them they need help and they, and they really need help, they, they're struggling. And you say, do you need some help? No, I don't need any help. I'm fine. I can do it myself. But brother, you look like about ready to break your back carrying that thing, you know. No, I got it. <laughs> Have you ever ran to any people like that? Yes. Have you ever tried to pray for somebody? Oh, I don't need any prayer. I don't need that. And you know they need a lot of prayer. <laughs> they need prayer that you don't hit them. You know, no, I'm kidding. But they need prayer. They need a lot of prayer. Amen. Let's look at the Amplified in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. See, listen, it's a prideful person that doesn't receive help. Oh, that's quiet in this church today. It's a quiet, it's a, it, it, it's, it, it's a prideful person that doesn't want to admit that they need help. Let's put it that way. That doesn't want to admit that they need help and everything's falling apart in their life. That's why we have prayer, Amen. See, God in the Old Testament, he was looking for people to call upon him. What, what bothered God in the Old Testament was they stopped calling on him. Think about that. That bothered God. God likes us calling on him. Sometimes we think, oh, no, God's too busy running the universe. I don't think he needs to worry about my headache. You know, he has more bigger things to do. You know, he's running the universe. No, God cares about your headache. God cares about your hangnail. God cares about anything you care about. Why? Because you're his child. Come on, if any of you have children, if your children is hurting or they're, they're, they're dealing with something, you want to fix it, right? I would think. I wouldn't think you'd tell them to go play in the highway or something. But anyway, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, Amplified says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride 
so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Think about that. That's powerful. I mean, that, that's just saying, don't worry, be happy. That, that, that's powerful. He, he, he's saying, you know, casting all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. And, you know, that, that would be a considered a prayer. You know, there's many prayers in the Bible, but that would be considered a prayer of commitment. Amen. That you're committing your life to God and you're committing that, that you're not going to worry anymore. You got to pray. You know, you can pray that prayer one time and make a decision that you're not going to worry anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But, you know, the enemy will come back up and he will try to get you to worry and he will try to bring up a, a, a past mistake and he will try to get you looking at the back uh, at your past. And we keep looking at the past. We won't move forward into the things that God wants us to move forward into. And so we have to make that commitment that we're going to. That we're not going to worry anymore. You know, Brother Hagen, you know, he, he grew up, in, uh, you know, with a, with a heart condition. He had all these problems. He was very weak. He was bedfast for, I think, 16 or 17 months, which means he was stuck in a bed sick. And the doctors said that he was going to die. And so he was reading his Bible. He got saved. And he was reading his Bible and he was trying to... Uh, and he said to the Lord, he said, whatever I read in the Bible, I'm going to believe you. OK. And so he read in the Bible about not worrying. And he said, I can't do that. He said, no, I, you got to worry. He said he comes from a, a long list of worriers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Always fretting, always fuming, always think, always think about what can go wrong. How many people have that kind of mind? Always think about what can go wrong. Amen. What, what about what can go right? There's a plethora of things that can go wrong. But what can go right? Amen? And what if it does go wrong? God can still help you. What if you, you, what if you do mess up? God can, he, he's great at helping you clean up your messes. Are you hearing, what if you do miss it? What if you do miss the mark? Well, have you heard about grace? <laughs> have you heard about God's grace? We can walk in his grace. And so Brother Hagin was like, you know, and he was believing God for healing. And, uh, and he, as he was believing God for healing, uh, his heart would stop because he had a heart problem. He had a blood condition. He had all these things that were wrong with him. He was, he was actually born premature. So he was born as a preemie baby. And they, and they fed him with a, with a milk drop, dropper. Think about this. This is Brother Hagin. And, uh, and, of course, he went home to be with the Lord. And so, really, the devil was trying to take him out before his time. And so, one of the things, you know, he, would, he said he, he, he would know when his heart would start stopping. And he was already saved, but he was, like, holding on to the bedpost. He was scratching it. You're, you're trying to hold on to life. You know, when death tr tries to make its grip on us, we're going to do everything we can to stay alive. That's just human nature. 
Hopefully you're going to, you're doing everything you can. And he said that, you know, that, that his heart would stop and he would, and he would fight it. And finally he came to a point where he said, when, when the, when his heart stopped, he said, let it go. <laughs> and he just said, I'm letting it go. And he relaxed. And guess what? The symptom stopped immediately. His heart started pumping right. Why? Because he let go. What am I saying to today? I'm saying, I'm saying that your faith is going to go higher when you start letting some things go. Uh, can I say it again? Your faith is going to go higher when you start letting some things go. Amen. So here, uh, Peter is talking about, you know, you know, casting all your worries, you know, uh, all your cares upon him, for he careth for us. And Peter, uh, of course, meant by humbling is allowing God to control this, putting the control in God's situation, amen, in his hands. So let's look at something that Jesus said about casting cares on the Lord. Let's, let's look at Matthew 6, 25 and 34. And this is, you know, this is cares about tomorrow. Anybody ever worry about tomorrow? You know, you're not too sure where you're going to be at tomorrow. You're not too sure if you're going to be out in the street tomorrow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you're either worried about the past or you're worried about the future. Is there anybody in here like that? You know, am I going to make it? You know, am I going to, you know. And so, so, so Jesus says some things here. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add a cubic to his statue? In other words, it's not going to make you any taller. Because if, if that was the case, I'd be pretty tall. But anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else? Is there anybody else who would be a little taller in here? <laughs> so it won't add a cubic to your stature. So, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass in the field, which today, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? How many people want great faith in here? Stop worrying. If you stop worrying, that will put you in a greater faith place. Oh, you a little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. There he, he says that three times in the text. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Why? Because God has your back. God has, he's looking after you. He's going to help you when you mess up. Every one of us is going to mess up in here sometime. I I don't want to prophesy this to you. But we're all going to make a mistake every once in a while. Amen? 
Not one of us are, are, are exempt from making mistakes. How many perfectionists we have in here? Amen. We're, we're, we're perfectionists. We want everything perfect. But it's not going to get perfect until you get to heaven. Amen. It's not going to always be perfect. We want it perfect, but it's not going to always be that way. That's why we have to have somebody say grace. So he says here, he finished reading, he said, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. So what, what he was saying here, what Jesus was saying is, he was saying that, that, that he gives you faith for today. And your faith is not designed to live tomorrow. Your faith is, is, is designed to live today. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Don't say, I hope I have enough faith to operate in God greater next week. No, don't, don't, no, no, no. God gives you faith every day. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And he's going to give you, that's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, when that comes, then faith will come. So just operate in the faith that God's giving you. Amen. So, so he's saying here, and when you study the scripture out, uh, it, it said, therefore, at the very beginning of the scripture, talking about, you know, we don't want to make God, we don't want to make money our God. And so that was, that was part of the context because it's about eating, living somewhere, you know, having clothing, having food, having finances. So I'm going to say this. A lot of us worry about finances. Amen. And but 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 here he says, seek first the, in, in Matthew six thirty three. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So. So, yes, the enemy, one of the greatest things the enemy will try to do is get us in fear. Hallelujah. It must be the anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing is causing a lot of. Amen. Get us in fear if our mic's not going to work. No, get us, get us in fear of finances. But, he, but here he says in Matthew 6, he says, first, seek first the kingdom. In other words, put God first. Put, put God first in your finances. And when you put God first in your finances through tithing and giving offerings... That should cut off the fear of not having enough. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because now your faith is not in your finances. Your faith is in God. And so your faith has to be in God and not just the money. Because your money, you're, you could have a small fortune in the bank and it could be wiped out quick. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You can't put your faith in finances. Don't put your faith in that. You know, you know, riches, you know, are very deceptive. The world thinks that they got money. They have, they have a fortress and nothing can pull that fortress down. But you know what? You can't carry it. You can't take it with you. And it can't buy you into heaven. And so we need to cut off, you know, that fear by what? Giving. Giving cuts off that fear. That means you're activating your faith in an area of your life. And when you give, it cuts off the fear of not having enough. Amen. So, so, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
And all these things will be added to you. Amen. Put God first in your money. You know, give him that first 10% and see what God can do. Amen. And what, what happens is when we're not doing that, our fears are operating because we have to believe that we have to do it ourselves. And then the enemy starts attacking us and we get in this cycle of not seeming to have enough and, and we never break out that cycle. But God can break you out of that cycle. You don't have to be in a cycle of debt. You can be in a cycle of prosperity. Amen. He provides seed to the sower. Seed to the sower. The Bible says he provides seed to the sower. He provides seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So for sowing, he will provide seed. Amen. Number two, we have a a worry about our health. How many people are worried that they're going to die early? That they're not going to make it too long or that, you know, that that they're on the. You know, that, that, that you have a fear that, that you're going to catch something, a disease. You have the fear of the big C. You don't ever want to hear that big C word. I just say use, change that big C to a bigger C, Christ. The big C, Christ, is bigger than that small C, whatever C you want to talk about. You can fill in the blank. I'm not even going to say the word. I won't even say that. I won't even benefit that word because, you know, Christ is bigger than that smaller C that everybody's afraid of. Everybody's afraid of that small C word. Do you know, are you comprehending this morning? Amen. So so we want to put God first in our health. No, we, we, we don't just want to seek the natural for our healing. We want to seek the supernatural prayer. God's promises spoken in faith will get the job done. You know, there was a king in the Old Testament. His name was King Asa. And uh, King Asa was the third king in the southern kingdom of Judah. And, uh, and the first two kings, they did bad in the sight of God. There were some really rotten kings in the Old Testament. But King Asa, he was a reformist. He reformed the nation. He took down all the shrines. God blessed him mightily. So he started off just doing all the right things. King Asa did all the right things. But what happened was he started, you know, when you start doing all the right things with God and God starts prospering you, sometimes we start putting our faith in our prosperity instead of God. And we still can be giving to God and we still can be sowing to God. But sometimes we and he had faith in in what he had. And so he what he did was he made an alliance with 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 another king that wasn't really he wasn't supposed to do that for some protection of his of his land. And uh, and that was the wrong thing to do. He should have called on God. The prophet came to him and said, you did the wrong thing. You should have called on God like you did in the very beginning. So we can even if we start off right, we can do some things wrong at the end. Amen. And so and so and then the Bible talks about King Asa. He he he, he kind of he, he, he used his own savvy and, and his own smarts to try to bring peace to the kingdom. And the prophet said, now you won't have any peace because you didn't go to God. Somebody say, call upon the Lord. Amen. We need to call upon God. We need to always, God's looking for us to call upon him. Call upon the Lord. 
Amen. Call upon. That's why we're praying. Hopefully you're praying to call upon him. You're, 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 you're praying to fellowship with him. Call upon the Lord. And then Asa didn't learn his lesson from the prophet. He got mad at the prophet, by the way, and threw the prophet in prison. He got mad. Sometimes when you're doing some wrong things and somebody's trying to bring some correction, you may just get mad because you don't want correction. Anybody ever been there? And so Asa, King Asa, got mad. Matter of fact, he did, you know, at the end of the chapter, you know, in Chronicles, at the end of the chapter, it actually, he didn't even name him king. He just said Asa. Amen. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, 12, and the, it says, In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. And then it says, so Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. So he dealt with that foot problem for two solid years. Now, I'm not against doctors and thank God for them. But, you know, there's a higher doctor. Amen. Called the great physician. And that's Jesus. And, you know, I'm not against doctors. But but thank God we have a higher doctor that can Heal us and deliver us. In other words, sometimes you might need to fast and pray. My, my mom fasted and prayed one time. She was going to go through an operation and God healed her. I'd rather pray and fast and go without some food for a few hours to get my healing than go under a knife. Somebody say, call upon the Lord. Amen. And so, and so we see that. And then we need to put God first in our relationships because this is the key. If, if the enemy, if he can't get us looking at our past or get us fearful in our future, then he, what he will try to do is get strife in our relationships. And if you have any strife in your relationships, you're not going to have any peace. Can I say that again? If, you're, if you have strife in any of your relationships, the, the enemy's trying to destroy the peace in our lives. Amen. As, thank God. I, I don't think the devil liked that point. But it, so anyway, we obey God's word. We have to get the strife out. In Romans 12, 18, it says, if it's possible, Romans 12, verse 18, it says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible. In other words, we need to try to make, we need to try to walk in his peace as much as we can. How do we love, how do we live in peace? You may ask. In Romans 12, in 9 through 21, is a good script. These are good scriptures on how to maintain peace. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. This is Romans 12, 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another. With brotherly love. See, we need to be kindly affectionate with one another. With brotherly love. And honoring, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So he's saying here, to keep the peace, we need to bless those who persecute us. Somebody say, keep the peace. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the 
with, with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Uh, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Amen. And I like this. It says here, if it is possible, it depends on you, live peacefully with all men, going back with that verse. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to the wrath. For as written, vengeance is mine, I will repay back, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire in his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is a mouthful, and I know I read a lot here in this. But we need to start walking in love. We need to start praying for, for those that are coming against us. I, I don't even want to call them our enemies because people aren't your enemy. We need to pray for those that, that seem to be doing the wrong things. We need to do good. Pray. pray do a, give them a blessing. Walk in love. Why? Because you need to maintain peace in your relationships. You need to maintain peace in your relationship with God the Father. By what? By being in obedience to him, walking in his word, obeying his word. We need to stay in peace with, with other people by staying out of strife. Amen. We don't want to have any strife in our life. Where there's strife, there's every evil work. We want, we want to be, we want to be uh, peacemakers. We want to be people that bring peace into a situation. Some of you are thinking about some strife you have right now you need to take care of. I see it in you. You're like, oh, God. Pastor's preaching to me this morning, man. Take care. Talk to him. Do everything you can to walk in peace. Listen, maybe it's not your fault. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness anyway. Do everything in your power to walk in love. Even if you did mess up, do everything in your power to walk in love. And, and, and ask the person for forgiveness. And pray for that person. And continue to walk in love even after the incident or whatever you may have done or whatever they may have done. And I'm telling you, let God work the rest of it out. Amen. Listen, somebody may stay mad at you, but you can't help what they think. That's right. But you can help how you think. They can be mean. At you. They can be mad at you because you may have done something wrong. You may have stepped on their toes a little bit. You may have said something not right. But if you if you if you understand that there's a problem and you try to bring some uh, you know reconciliation and you've done everything on your side, then then you're off the hook. Then there's no judgment coming on your on you. Now let God deal with them. They might need some grace and some space. Amen. So they can so they can walk in in the peace of God. Amen. You we somebody say be a peacemaker. Glory to God. So we that's what we need to do. We need to understand that the enemy will constantly work against us. You know, one of my favorite Psalms here is in, in Psalms 37, 1, 11. And it says here in Psalms 37, verses 1 through 11, it says, do not fret because of evildoers. In other words, Sometimes we get upset because the wrong people seem to be getting blessed. In other words, we may be working and these people aren't believers and they're not, you know, they're they're ungodly and they do all the, you know, they seem to be sowing all the wrong things, but they seem to be blessed. And we get mad at that. And it says here, do not do not get upset because of that. Listen, people that don't know God, people don't know God. This is all they got. This is it. They're, if they are in a beautiful house, that's it. If they don't know God, that's all they got is this world. That's all they got. But we got more than this world. We have heaven. 
Just because they got a little bit of this world. Amen. It's, it's short lived unless they get Jesus in their life. So they may have a little bit of comfort right now. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But 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 they're going to have a lifetime of misery in the here and now and the hereafter. So 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 don't get upset because people that don't know God seem to be better off than you. They're not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And says, do not be be envious of the workers of iniquity. He's saying that we could be envious of people that are, you know. They're doing the wrong things. Don't get upset because that guy has a wife and two girlfriends. We're that's we're probably jealous because we don't have that going on. Are you saying don't get upset? You know, he's going to reap what he sows, you know, in the end, unless he repents and get, get his life right. Amen. So he says here, do not be envious of workers of iniquity. Why would the psalmist write that? Why would he write that? Because we do. <laughs> we get envious of other people. And they shall soon be cut down like the, we, we watch the TV show, the rich and the shameless. I mean, the rich and the famous. And we see all the stuff that they have and we, and we start coveting what they have. Amen. I've been there. But anyway, can I preach to myself today? But anyway, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as a new day. Now notice it says here, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And you may be saying, I've been waiting patiently, Pastor. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting for my breakthrough. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. If that's your attitude, then your attitude is not right. Listen. If you have an, when you're believing God and you're waiting on the promise, you need to have an attitude of peace. You need to know that God's going to work it out. And you can't be frustrated that, it, that things haven't changed. Are you hear what I'm saying? You've got, you got to maintain a good attitude in the process. I like to say this. You've got to maintain a good attitude in the waiting room. Anybody ever have a doctor's appointment in here? And they schedule it at a quarter till and then and, and they don't see you for another 30, 40 minutes. And like, what's taking so long? You know, That's, it was scheduled to be here. And of course, they always want you to fill out those forms. And then it's taking even extra long. You know, you're supposed to be there at 11 o'clock. Anybody been in the waiting room? Anybody work at a hospital? You know, everything doesn't go perfect in a hospital. There's lots of issues at hospitals. You got people that you're dealing with in hospitals. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we need to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And, and it says your justice, uh, it says, uh, wait patiently for him. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will give you the desire to heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust, okay. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness of light and your justice a new day. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of him who do not uh, for the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So fretting is another word for, for worrying. Amen. And then he finally says the evildoers will eventually be cut off. Amen. But it says here at the very at this last scripture that I have. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in abundance of peace. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek, the humble will inherit the earth and they shall walk in abundance of peace. Glory to God. So we see here that God is for you today. I'm going to say this, that God's for you today and he's with you today and he will never leave you or forsake you. And, you know, there's a scripture that says God will work all things out for good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. Somebody say God's working it out for my good. We got to get that scripture that God is working it out for good to those who love him. No matter what is going on in our life, God can turn anything that's a negative into a. Do you believe that? If the enemy steals from you, then he's going to have to repay back. There's a blessing that's going to come back to you. Sevenfold, the Bible says. If the devil steals from you and you have the right heart attitude, then the devil's going to have to repay back sevenfold. He's going to have to give back to you. So whatever you, whenever the enemy tries to rip you off, I'm telling you, it's going to be a turnaround. God's going to turn around that thing. God's going to turn around that negative. God's going to turn it around. He's going to turn your situation around. As long as you act in the right way, you start praising God. You know, that's how you keep your joy. Rejoice when you encounter trials and tribulations and wrong things happening to you. Rejoice. Rejoice. That's the only way we need to respond. When the enemy's coming against us in our finances, when the enemy's coming against us in our health, when the enemy's coming against us in our relationships, we We need to start rejoicing. We need to start praising God. Why? Because because you're you're closer than you think to your breakthrough. The enemy's trying to put a little bit, make it a little, put that fire a little higher, make it a little hotter in the kitchen. He's trying to get you out of the kitchen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But as long as you respond the right way and you give it to God and you let go and you let God. Woo, glory to God. It will turn around. Amen. Did you know it turned around for Job? Amen. You know, he, he had a turnaround miracle. Yes. He received double. Amen. He received double and it never happened to him again. It was never recorded in the scriptures. He went through his mess, but now he had a message because he never cursed God. He never cursed God. You know, his wife said, curse God and die. He said, no, I would never do that. No, he's... Glory to God. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He made He didn't understand everything when he said that phrase. That is not, that is a statement that he made. And that's a, but it's not a statement of truth. The Lord giveth and the devil takes it away. That's a more accurate. It was the devil that took his health. It was the devil that took his children. It was the devil that came against him. The Lord giveth, but the devil is the one that's trying to steal, kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. I'm looking at mighty conquerors in this place today. You're not going to let fear control you. You're not going to let worry control you. You're not going to let these things control you. Glory to God. You've got to kick them out of, your, out of your equation. Kick worry out. Kick fear out. Kick anxiety out. They're not going to rule you. They're not going to rule you. You're, you're faith people. Start speaking to the darkness and command light to come in the dark areas of your life. 
How do you do that? By speaking the word of God. The word is a light unto your path, glory to God. And a lamp unto your feet. As you start speaking the word of God, I'm telling you, you command fear to leave. You command anxiety to leave. You command worry to leave. And it will pack up and go. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, I'm looking at faith-filled people this morning. We're moving higher as a church. People are coming in. Every seat will be filled. Glory to God. We'll be running multiple services. I'm calling it forth right now. Can I get an amen? Multiple services. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We thank you that for your mercies, for your goodness, for your love. We thank you, Lord God. Oh, that you give us, Father. You impart to us faith. And Father, we thank you that we can walk and activate our faith by your word. And Father, I just thank you. I know there's people that are dealing with issues and situations in here. But you're bigger than those issues. You're bigger than those situations. Perhaps you're here today and you know you need to give something over to the Lord. You need to let it go. Well, today is the day to let it go. Maybe you're watching online and you and you are in a place right now. You don't know where you're at with God. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I want to pray a prayer with you, bring you into the kingdom of God where you don't have to have worry or fear to control you, where you can walk in the peace of God because it's produced by the blood of Jesus. So say this after me. If you're ready to move forward and receive Christ today, say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe, you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. I'm turning my back on sin, Satan, and worry. And I'm turning fully to you. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.